Parshas Vayishlach always <coughs> comes out the week prior to Hanukkah, and there must be some connection. There's an excitement in the air. We come to the winter, and finally we see the light. The light, not at the end of the tunnel, but the light of Hanukkah, which, which enlightens the, the entire tunnel, even that little candle. Um, as, as we learned in Psachim, Aner a single candle is, is, a, is very helpful for enlightenment, enlightenment. And of course, in the dark winter, in the long winter, uh, where there's so much confusion, Hanukkah brings with it a spirit of hope, a spirit of light, a spirit of guidance. And Parshas Vayishlach, this is what it represents. We, we are now coming to the <clears throat> tail end of the third of the Ovais. We have in our Davani, we say every day, Eloke Avraham, Eloke Yitzchak, Veloke Yaakov. And Veloke Yaakov is the Vav Achibur that connects Yaakov, represents, and he, he embodies the, what, everything that's represented in Eloke Avraham and Eloke Yitzchak. Eloke Yaakov is the, is the father that we live with. And we finished Parshas Vayetze last week. <clears throat> and it says that Yaakov Avinu was finished with his 20 years with Lavan, his father-in-law, and he married his four wives, and he had already <clears throat> his 11 sons, and he's ready to go back. And he knows that in going back, he has to encounter the um, Esav. He has to encounter his brother, his twin brother. But now he's ready. As Rashi pointed out, once Yosef was born, he had, he had the wherewithal, as Chazal tell us, that, that Yosef was the fire. Again, the, the, the analogy to fire. He was the fire and the flame that could enlighten and also put in place the special qualities of Esau. And I say those words with a lot of intent. And I think this is the message that we're going to see in Parshas Vayishlach as an introduction to the Yom Tev of, of Hanukkah. In the end of Parshas Vayetze, it says, Vayif boy lokim. And they enchanced upon him the malachim, the malachim of Eretz Yisrael that came to greet him. They came to, came into Chutzloritz to greet Yaakov Avinu, who was so prepared to go back into Eretz Yisrael. They were, as we said last week from Rav Hirsch, they were so enlightened. Vayif they were shocked to see the personal, the personage of Yaakov Avinu, what he became, what he turned into. He left a young man, single, and, he, and it says, Vayivga b'amokoyim, as Rav Hirsch says, he was enthralled and overwhelmed with the Kedusha of the, of, and the, of the place that he was sleeping. And now, a mere 20 years later, it was Vayiv Uboi. When Malachim met him, they were overwhelmed with the Kedusha. What did they see already in Yaakov Avinu? They saw a person who worked on himself, a person who worked through the difficulties and the challenges of life. They saw someone who was steiging, someone who was growing, someone who was constantly in the process of growing. That's what they saw. And it's that with that that the Medrash tells us in the beginning of Parshas, beginning of Parshas Vayishlach. Vayishlach is a very special Parsha. We know that every Moitzoi Shabbos there are people who say Parshas Vayishlach. Some people who are traveling, there's a minute to say Parshas Vayishlach. And even people who are not traveling, it's printed in many of the Zmiras books. Parshas, the beginning of Parshas Vayishlach, to read it because it gives people a vision how to deal with the world, how to deal with the challenges and the encounters that a person can have, the differing philosophical ideas, the difficult challenges, both physically and, and spiritually. And the Medrash Tanchuma, in the beginning of Parsha of Vayishlach, Vayitzav Oisom Leimor, says the, says the Medrash that Yaakov Avinu when he met these malachim, 
these were the malachim that were traveling with him. He had the, the malachim of, of Chutzloretz that were with him. And now the Vayivgu Boy Elokim, the Malachim of Eretz Yisrael, he had now these two camps of Malachim, of Chutzlaretz of Eretz Yisrael. And that's what the Parsha ends off. He called it the encampment, where the Malachim of Chutzlaretz and Eretz Yisrael come together. He saw those beautiful, the beautiful synthesis how he was able to bring together the Kodesh and Choyl. That's what we said, Yud Ekev. We talked about this. The, 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 the spitz of spirituality, of the Yud, which represents Olam Haba, and the Ekev, the heel, the bottom, the, the, what everybody tramples on, of Olam Hazer, he was able to bring that together. From that, Yaakov Avinu said, Vayishlach Yaakov Malochim, he sent, as Rashi said, Malochim Mamish, he sent real angels. He took a blend of those two camps that the Torah says, the camp of Chutzlaretz and Eretz Yisrael, and he says, I'm sending this to Esav. And with that, he sent gifts. What was the message that he was sending to Esav? What was the deep message that he was sending to Esav? Of course, not to start up with me. And he, we know the Chazal tells us he prepared himself for gifts and for tefillah. But what was the message that he was sending to his brother, his twin brother? And from what depth of, of his personality, of his Eloke Yaakov, did the message come from? That's what I want to focus on. And I think it ties in beautifully with, with Hanukkah as well. The Medrash Tanchuma continues that we find that Parshas Vayishlach says, V'chein Rabbeinu HaKodesh, Rabbi Huda Nasi. Oh, his Yorzeit is coming up. Just a coincidence, right? Everything is just a coincidence. Rabbeinu HaKodesh, Hoyukhoisev Antoninus. The Medrash Tanchuma brings that he wrote a letter to Antoninus, who we know they had a relationship, and maybe we'll mention it. Rebbe and Antoninus had a relationship, as the Gemara Vaidazara Daf Yud tells us about. That he wrote a letter, and he wrote, Yehuda Avdecha Shoyel Bishleimecha. Yehuda, your servant, asks about your well being. And we see from here that he, he was choylik kovod lemalchus. He gave the chaynosa Yaakov. And he learned it from this week's parsha. And many of the chachmei hadoiris looked at the parshas vayishlach when they had to encounter, when they had to go to the government offices. Why does it bring Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi and Antoninus? We know many examples. We just had in Sukkah that Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Gamliel had to travel on sukkahs. They built a sukkah. Rabbi Kiva built a sukkah on the ship, right? What, were they going for vacation? They had, they had families. They had yeshivas. Where were they going? So obviously this is one of the trips that Chazal tell us in the Gemara that they had to go to Rome. And they had to travel months, sometimes weeks and months, to travel to get to, to plead the case for the Jewish people. It was constant all throughout all generations. That was before Rabbi Huda Hanasi. Why does the Medrash Badafka bring Rabbi Huda Hanasi in his, in his realm of relationship with Antoninus? I think there's a deep, deep message here. And the Medrash continues that, that, that we learn from Yaakov Avinu that when he, that he took the, a blend of these malachim from Chutzloretz and Eretz Yisrael that was called Machanoyim, and he sent those to Esav. And these Malachim, listen to this Medrash. The Medrash says that the, the, the first group of Malachim holding the gifts met Esav's people, and they said, you know, they wanted to the Malachim broke, hit and broke the first group of, of, of these, of, you know, uh, we don't see that in the Chumash and the Rashi so 
openly, but the Medrash says, Omer Lahem doesn't say who said to who, but someone or the other Malachim maybe, or the, the guards of, of Esav said, Hanichuni, leave us alone, Shani ben benoy shel Avram, I'm a grandson of Avram Avinu. Esav, a grandson of Avram Avinu, pulling, pulling out his yichas. So he says, that's, that's not going to get you anywhere. Wrong, wrong credential. So they, they continued to hit them. So he said, no, Hanichuni, leave us alone. Shan Aini Benoy Shal Yitzchak. I'm the son of Yitzchak, who was Shenekar Al Gabi Hamizbeach, that he went through the Akeda. No, wrong credentials, wrong answer. They continued to hit them. Amrlahem, Hanichuni, leave us alone. Shani Ochiv Shal Yaakov, Shibob Mipadan Aram. I'm the brother of Yaakov. They said, oh, Yaakov, Ochi? You're the you're the from you're the brother of my of, of Yaakov. I want to see him. When it's kivon shehiskel lehem Yaakov, hanichu he left them alone. Amuloi atahu achiv shel Yaakov. Oy havenu, you're the brother of Yaakov, our beloved one. Harei anu manichem oischa lechvoi doyu lahavasa. We're going to leave you go because of our, our honor and our respect and our love for Yaakov Avinu. So it doesn't make any sense, this Medrash. That, and Yaakov wasn't the son of Yitzchak and a grandson of Avram Avinu? It's the same lineage. What is, what is going on here? What is the Medrash telling us here? I think there's a theme here that I want to get to throughout the, we'll understand this towards the end of the, of the Shir. But it's right here, the whole shear is right here in this Medrash Tanchuma. I, I was so excited. Put Mamsh in one Medrash Tanchuma. <clears throat> Yaakov Avinu was a person, as we said, was constantly growing, constantly working on himself. And when he said to Esav, Kaysoymar Avdecha Yaakov, so the the Daskenim, in the beginning of the parasha, it says, so Go tell to my master. Right? You have Bayishlach, page 170, and he's, he's in the second Posuk. He told these groups, Go tell to my master, Esav. This is what your servant Yaakov said. Two expressions, one of my master, Esav, and my servant, Yaakov. He referred to Esav as his master, and he referred to ya- Yaakov as, I'm your servant. So the Daskenim says, for calling Esav his master, he was punished. Right. He says, Akoshbochu says, I told you the older one is going to serve the younger one. And and you call yourself, you call Esau your master? That's going against what it says in the Torah. And therefore, eight kings of Esau ruled before the kings of Eretz Yisrael. That was the punishment. And that's what it's, okay? And that's why it says at the end of the parasha, you read at the end of the parasha, these are the kings, Hashemolchu Be'eretz Edom, Lifnei Melech, before the Jews had their own king. This is the end of the parsha in Paraglamid Vav, Pasaglamid Aleph. This is a medrash. This was a punishment. But for saying that I'm your servant Yaakov, he didn't get punished. Isn't that the same expression? He said, no. Yaakov, working on himself, Avdecha means he's working on himself. I'm working on my humility. I'm working on realizing my position vis-a-vis HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I am a servant. It doesn't say a servant. I'm a servant. My Metzius is a... Ani, like Dovr Melech says, Ani Avdecha Ben Amosecha. I am... We say it in Hallel. Ani Avdecha Ben Amosecha. I'm a... My whole Metzius, my whole essence 
is that I'm a servant. That's what Yaakov was saying. That's good. That's part of his growing. And we find this, we find this in, the, in the Parsha. And he said this how many times? Eight times he called Esav. Odoin. Eight times. A familiar number with Hanukkah, right? Eight times he was punished for that. Another connection. The Meshachachma says an interesting thing. It says, the first, tell them what? Vahili shor vachamor. And Pasig vav. I have an ox and donkey. What about the camels? He gave camels. If you look at the, the, the number of, and the types of, of uh, animals that he gave, there were camels as well. Why don't he mention the camels? So the Meshachachma says a beautiful pshat. He says, we find, what is the difference between a, a shore and a chamor, and a gummel and a camel? A shore, an ox, is a kosher animal. It has both of the signs of simone tahara, chews its cud and has split hooves. A chamor, a donkey, doesn't have any, neither one. A gummel has split hooves, doesn't chew its cud. He was telling Esav, I want to bring to you and show you the clarity of where lies Kedusha, where lies Tumah. This is the, what Yaakov Avin was teaching Klal Yisrael. And the premise of we have to have a clarity of where Tahara lies and where Tumah lies. The problem we get to is when we have the blend. When we come to a blend, that's Gomel. Gomel is a blend. Like the Chazir. Esav is referred to like the Chazir. He did certain mitzvahs, Kibbut Aveim, and uh, you know, he tried to fool Yitzchak early on how to take off Meiser from salt and, and from other things that don't need to be. That's, that's faking. That's, that's like the, the, the pig showing its split hooves and saying, look, look, I'm, I'm, I'm just as tahar as, as any kosher animal. But we have to live a deeper existence. We have to know what is kosher, what is treif, what is kedusha, what is tahara. That's vahili shor vachamor. I have my, my essence represents clarity of, of my being. And says the Svasemes, beautiful, I, the Tolna Rebbe this week showed me this Svasemes that... Katointi Mikola Chasodim. Yaakov Avinu, he's preparing himself for tefillah. He said to Akash Borchu Vayoimir in Prosig Yud, Elokei Ovi Avroham, Elokei Ovi Yitzchal, Kashem Oimer Eli, Shuv Laarza, Hashem told me go back to my land and my birthplace. Katointi Mikola Chasodim. I am, I am small, koton, right? I'm small from all of the chasodim, that, all the wonderful goodnesses that you did to me, all the wonderful uh, chasodim, charities that you did for me. Says this Fasemas, what was the greatest chesed? Is that you taught me how to make myself small. Kotonti, that a person works on his anova, works on his humility, that's the greatest of all the chasatim that we can learn from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The anivus that HaKadosh Baruch Hu shows and the tznius that HaKadosh Baruch Hu put into the tev of the world, that's what he, he, how he reads the Pasuk, the, the Svasemes brings this from the, from the Heligil Lublina Rav, from the, the Lublina Rebbe, that he says that the greatest thing that Yaakov Avinu said that I learned is kotainti, to be small. That's mikola chasadim. That's the greatest of everything. And that's why Yaakov Avinu was special. He was miyuchad. We know that Yaakov Avinu was mitosay shleimah. He was the b'chir shabavais, the most chosen of all the fathers because all of his children were tzaddikim. And that's why we say, Elokei Yaakov, and he turns to Esav and he says, "Im loven garti." But there's something even deeper message here. <clears throat> the Gemara in Boabasra tells us 
on Daf Tezayin Amar Beis onto Yudzayin Amar Aleph Gimel. Three people hit Imon Hakadosh Baruch Hu Ba'Ilam Azeh. Three people they got a taste in this world. Me'ain Oilam Haba, a taste of the world to come in this world. Who was that? Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. How do you know? Avram got the taste of it, but it says, Hashem beiraches Avram bakoil. And by Yitzchak it says, and by Yitzchak it says that, that give me, Yitzchak said to Esav, give me the food, v'oichel mikol, and I will, and I will eat from everything. The word koil. And Yaakov said in this week's Parsha, Yaakov said, koil, I have everything. And he, when, when a little later on in the Parsha, Paraklamad Gimel Yudalif, where he finally, finally met Esav, after he fought with the Malach, and he finally met Esav, and Esav says, I don't need your gifts. So he convinced him take my, please take it. This is the gift that I, I want to share with you. I have everything I need. And he convinced, he impressed upon Esav, and Esav took the gift. What was the gift? Says Chazal that he was telling him, he was telling him and giving him a little taste of Olam, the, the taste of Olam Haba that he has in Olam Hazeh. That's what he told Esav. And with that, he convinced him to take the bracha, all the gifts that he had. What's going on here? By the way, this is what we say in the Birchas HaMazon, that we should have, we should have, that we have a bracha, bakoil, mikoil, koil. That's referring to Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Ken yivorach haisonu, kulonu yachad, bivrocha shalema v'noimar amein. We say that towards the end of the benching. What is that referring to? This Gemara. That we should have a tam of Ganeiden, a tam of Olam Haba, in Olam, Haz, in Olam Hazeh. Three people had it. Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Yaakov's proof is in this week's parasha with his encounter with Esav. Why, why would he bring that in right when he met Esav? So the, l- listen, listen, listen to this. There's a Gemara in Brachas. This is a famous uh, shmuz. I, I once gave a shir on this 30 years ago <laughs> when I was a young, was a young uh, bacher, uh, or maybe I, I think I was uh, still a bacher. Um, I, I think I was probably married already. Um, and there's a Gemara in Brachas, a famous Gemara in Brachas that says, the Gemara says, David Amelech, did David really believe that he was a chassid, a great man? So we, they're being a posik that says, Lulei hamanti betuv Hashem beretz hachayim. We say this in the in the Ladavar Hashem Oyriv Yishi. Lulei. We talked about Lulei. Lulei is the Oisius Elul, right? So we say it all Elul. Lulei hamanti. He says, oh, if I am. So the Chazal tell us, why are there dots on top of the word Lulei? So he said, because Davar Melech says, I don't know. I know HaKosh Baruch will give reward to Tzadikim, but I don't know if I'm a Tzadik. Because, so he was worried. Why? Because Shema Yigur Machet, maybe I have a sin. And Rashi, I think, says the sin of Batsheva. You know, he was worried about it. I know, he promised me, but I don't know. So he says, you know, this is reminiscent of the famous Gemara in our Parsha with Yaakov Avinu. Says Hakadosh in last week's parsha in Vayetze promised Hakadosh Baruch promised Yaakov Avinu. I'm going to shmarticha b'chol asher telech. I'm going to protect you in every way you go. And in this week's parsha, what does Yaakov say? Vayira Yaakov Ma'od, top of one seventy two, pasuk ches. Vayira Yaakov Ma'od. Yaakov was afraid. 
What is he afraid of? And therefore he went, he prepared himself with the doyra and the tefillah, the milchama. Who is he afraid of? He has a, a pre in the bank. He has a promise from who? From HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I mean, there's no expiration date on that. What's the problem? Says the Gemara, what was he afraid of? Maybe, maybe the uh, chet that he did will like it, like it, and brings another example. Ad Yavor Amcha Hashem, we say this in Davidin in Oz Yashir. Ad Yavor Amcha Hashem, Ad Yavrom Zukonisa. That Ad Yavor Amcha is going on the first time they came into Eretz Yisrael with miracles and miracles of war and totally miracles. Ad Yavor is going to be a Shnia when they came to Bayashani. That really, when they came into Eretz Yisrael and Bayashen, it should have been with the same miracles that they came in the first time. But the Chet came and, and, and uh, changed things. They came in, uh, you know, sparsely under still the rule of, of the government. So you see, Shema Yigur Machet. So, the Rambam, in, this, in discussing this Gemara, tells us, when he talks about Nevuah, the Rambam says, said, the Rambam says that there has to be a way, since HaKadosh Baruch put Nevuah in the world, how do you differentiate between a true Navi and a false Navi? So, this is a famous Rambam in two places. It's in Hilchas Yisoydi HaTorah, Perak Yud, Halacha Dalad. And it's also in the Hakdama to the Pirish HaMishnayas, to Zeroyim, where he talks, starts talking about the Mesoira, he talks about the Nevuah. So he says the same, same principle, a little more elaborate in the Hakdama to the Mishnayas. So the Rambam says, says that there has to be a way to be able to know that a Navi is true. So he says, if a Navi says you're going to get destroyed and the Churban or whatever, that's not a proof. It doesn't, if it doesn't happen, that's not a proof that the Navi is a false Navi. Why? Because maybe Kali so did Tshuva. <laughs> and then because of the Tshuva, that's why what he prophesies is not coming true. No, so that can't be. But what if the Navi promises something good? Then it has to happen. It has to happen because if a Kajbrohu promises something through a Navi, it has to happen because there wouldn't be any other way to prove that the Navi is true or false. So therefore, if he promises something good and it doesn't happen, he's a false Navi. You can kill him, like the Torah says. So the Rambam asks, what about Yaakov Avinu? Kashbohu promised Yaakov Avinu, I'm going to protect you and watch you in Parshas Vayetze. And here in Parshas Vayishlav, a year of Yaakov Maod. The Rambam asked this question, not my question. It's an age old question. This question has long whiskers on it. It's so old. Okay? And many Mephorshim talk about this as there's, we can talk for hours and hours about this Kasha. But I want to share with you the Rambam answers this question. The Rambam says there's one caveat that when a, when a Navi is promised by Hashem good, but it was a personal promise to the Navi himself, as opposed to where he was promised, go tell this over to the Jewish people as a prophecy, that's the difference. Where we're trying to to emphasize the validity of a, of a Navi. So where the Nevuah was given for the Navi to tell Klal Yisrael. So if that won't happen on something good, it proves that the Navi is false. Because he told that Nevuah to Klal Yisrael, and part of that is that Klal Yisrael should believe him. Now they have to have a way to, to validate that he's a good Navi. But where the where Akashbohu told the Navi in the in the privacy of their own communication, and it wasn't to communicate that to everybody else, so then it can also change because it's not to validate his Navuah. He knows he's a Navi. 
<laughs> he knew. He knows he's a navi. There we could say Shema Yigur Machet, and that's what was going on with Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu, in our parsha, was saying that I got. Of course, I got a promise. I know I have a promise, but that promise was between me and God. It was in the in the confines of our, my dream, of my personal thing, of my personal nevuah. You know what? Then you never know. He was very concerned. Says, says the, in the Sefer from Rabbi Yitzchak Chonon Specter, the Sefer called Ein Yitzchak, in his Akdoma to that Sefer, Chuvas Ein Yitzchak, the Rabbi Yitzchak Chonon says beautifully, reads it into the Psukim in our Parsha. Mamish, beautiful. Mamish, uh, a Goyen, he was the, the Kovnerov, you know, way before the war. Kovnerov, a Yitzchakon inspector, famous uh, Godel be Yisrael. So he proves it from the Psukim that this is what's going on. He says, Vayoymer. Yaakov says in his tefillah to Hashem, Vayoyme Yaakov, Elokei avi Avraham, Elokei avi Yitzchak, Hashem ha'oymer elai. Hashem said to me, which means he's, this was going on what he said to him in Parshas Vayetze. You told me, and you set me on a journey, and you told me, Eventually, you're going to go back to Eretz Yisrael. I'm going to be happy with you. That's what you told me personally. On that, the Pasuk before, on Pesach Ches, says, he was very afraid, because on that, because maybe he slipped in his in Madrega, that could, that could uh, have an effect. Because that wasn't to valid, validate his nevuah. But, but then in Pasad Yud Gimel, what it says, Vato Marta, Heitev Eitiv Imach, Vesamti Zarachok, Kechoil Hayom, Asher Lo Yisafer Meroiv, that, as Rashi points out, that's Yaakov quoting what you told my forefather Avram at the Akeda. That's going on that. You told him. You promised to him. Now what you promised to Avram Avinu, that already was a, a nevuah that was publicized. That was something, that was a, a bitochen, a haftocha, that you gave Avram Avinu to, and you were maftiach, his children. That's something that cannot be changed. And that's what, that's what he's referring to, these two things. What am I afraid of? I'm afraid I'm the personal promise you made to me. But of course, the promise you made to Avram Avinu, that I don't have to worry about. I'm, that I'm not afraid of. You see how he reads it into the Psukim. It's uh, Mamish beautiful. <clears throat> Mamish beautiful. This, this is also a question we have in, in talking about Hanukkah. Um, you know, if, if we say Al Hanisim on Hanukkah, right? If a person forgets Al Hanisim in benching, so if you look in the Shulchan Aruch, it says that at the end of the of benching, you should say a special Harachamon. Harachamon hu yaselono nisim. Kemoisha suloni nisim then you can say and you can make up for it there. So they asked, the, the Yeshua Siyankov brings a, a question from the Tvua Shor, one of the early Achroinim. How could you pray for a miracle? You can't pray for a miracle. The Gemara in Brachas says that a person is not allowed to pray for a miracle. And that Slach asks this question in, in the Gemara in Brachas. <clears throat> uh, 
So the answer, one of the answers is that the reason why you can't pray for a miracle is because when a person asks for a miracle, it takes away his merits. But where if the miracle will magnify Kiddush Hashem, so then you're not taking away your merits, you're actually bringing more merit. So when, we're, when a person's praying for something public, like Hanukkah, we're asking that there should be a more of a pirsim hanes. There should be a, a, a nes that brings a chizuk in emuna. That's what we're that's what we're praying for. So, what was it? What was it that Yaakov was telling Esav? What was the essence of what he was telling Esav? So it's very interesting. Um, there's an interesting pasuk at the end of Parshas Toldos, the pasuk that we don't uh, we, we overlook. The end of Parshas Toldos, Amish, the tail end of Parshas Toldos. It says that when Yitzchak sent Yaakov, Yitzchak and Rivka sent Yaakov to get married. They send them, you have to go to my family. Who are you going to? So the Pusik says, <clears throat> 142. Page 142. It's Chof Ches Hey. It says, <laughs> Right, that's who he is. Harami, he's from Aram. Achei Rivka, the brother of Rivka, your mother. Aim Yaakov Esav, the mother of Yaakov and Esav. Uh, we're, we're celebrating a new mother in Klal Yisrael, right? Rabbi Yosef and his wife were zeichet to have a daughter. But why does the Torah say Aim Yaakov Esav? And what does Rashi comment? Rashi comments here, I don't know what this comes to teach me. So people say, so then just don't say anything. Is there a Rashi on every Pesach in the Torah? No. But from here we learn many things. We learn once that Rashi, you know, has a Pshat in every Pesach, right? Here he's saying, "I I don't know what it's teaching me. Every other pasuk, he doesn't have to tell us because either it's so pashat and Rashi is tries to be short. But here, what is it? What does it mean? I don't know what it's telling me. What is he telling me? What is he teaching me? I heard from Rabbi Resnick, a Rebbe in the mirror. So he he says he he says that you know we know that if a person does shnei mikra vechatargum, so the chazal you know the halacha says if you don't understand targum, you could read Rashi as well. Would you have to read this Rashi? Where Rashi is telling me, I don't know what it's coming to teach me. So he says, yes, because Rashi is teaching me that knowing that there's something here to be taught is also a, is teaching. I don't know what it is. Rashi says, I don't know what it's coming to teach me. But it's coming to teach me something. A pasig that, this is, what is the Chiddush telling me that it's the mother of Yaakov and Esav? Putting Yaakov first. The mother of Yaakov, what is it telling me? What is it telling me? He's talking to Yaakov. <laughs> so, what is it telling me? But knowing that there's something here to be taught is also a lesson. So, he brings, he brought a Chsam Soifer, Rabbi Resnik, and I haven't found it yet. I'm dying to find it. The Chsam Soifer says a beautiful pshat that I think is very important to what we're talking about. The Chsam Soifer says, that there's a Mishnah in Nidorim. The Mishnah in Nidorim, Lamed Aleph or Med Aleph, says that if a, if a person takes, says, I will, I'm not getting any benefit, any nenem lezera avram. He's a, not, not a well person, obviously. He says, I don't want to get any pleasure from the seed of Avram. Who does that include? Says Rashi, says the Gemara, it includes 
Oser be Yisrael, says the Mishnah, umuter he's, he's allowed to get a pleasure from Goyim. Why? So it's asked the Gemara, Vahik Yishmael. Why is he allowed to get pleasure from Goyim? Yishmael is Zerah Avram. He says, no. Ki be Yitzchak yikar lechazara, be Yitzchak v'loi kol Yitzchak. Ay, Vahik Esav. There's Esav, Esav are also Goyim. Why can he get pleasure from Oivdei Kechavim? Aren't they the Bnei Esav, which are also Zerah Avram? No. Again, be Yitzchak v'loi kol Yitzchak. So there was there. There's a separation between Esav and Yishmoel that they're they're excommunicated and, and dislocated from being associated with Avram Avinu. Clear? Says the Chassam Seifer. But how about if someone would say a, a Shvuah, I don't want to get pleasure from Zera Rivka. The children, the seed of Rivka. Says the Chassam Seifer, Esav would be, would, would be included in that Shvua. Why? That's our Pasa comes to teach us. Aim Yaakov Rivka. That although it's true that Esav is excluded from being Zerah Avram because be Yitzchak v'loi kol Yitzchak, only Yaakov, and not so the, the gene pool was ripped off. Obviously in a spiritual way, the gene pool was ex- dislocated from Esav, that he's not included in Zerah Avram or, or Yitzchak, but to Rivka he's still, he's still connected. That's what the Pasuk, Aim Yaakov Esav. Yaakov and Esav are brothers, why? Not because they come from Yitzchak or Avram Avinu, because they're brothers through Aim, the, because they have one mother. That's what this Pasuk is teaching. And now he says, now you can understand the Medrash that we started with. The Medrash said that the Malachim came to Esav and they started hitting them and fighting with them. He said, oh, I'm a grandson of Avraham Avinu. So what? Continue hitting them. Oh, I'm a child of Yitzchak who went on the Akeda. He says, so what? Kept hitting them. No, I'm a brother of, of Yaakov. We... So we ask, what does that mean, brother? What's the difference? He says, there's a big difference. Because when, when he says, I'm a brother of Yaakov, he's tapping into the depth of the association and the, the motherhood, the brotherhood that comes from the motherhood of Yerivka. Aim Yaakov Esav. That is eternal. That stays. What is that all about? So Lanias Daiti, I want to say that this goes back to the original nevuah that Rivka had. They were fighting inside, and she didn't know what was going on. They were fighting over the two worlds. She thought it was one child. What was she told? You have two children. One is this, and one is that. She was satisfied. And we always wondered, why was she satisfied? She was told that you're going to have an Esav. Esav is very, very different. And that's why she worked tirelessly to make sure the brachas go to Yaakov. But Esav had a part, has a part in Klal Yisrael. Esav has a very important part. And Rashi tells us in, a, in one a couple words, Shnei goyim bevish, geyim. it doesn't say goyim, it says geyim with two yuds. It's, it's, we, re, we read it goyim, but it's written geyim. Two uh, distinct uh, kingdoms. That's Yaakov and Esau. There's a relationship between Yaakov and Esau. It says Rashi, Zerebiv Antoninus. This is Rebbe and Antoninus. There was a point in time where Rabbi Yudha Nasi, in the, in the night of Golos, had to 
write down the Mishnah or else and create a Mishnah. And he couldn't have done it without Antoninus, without the Greek Roman emperor. And the, you look at the Rashi, one of the last Rashis in, in the second parak of Bab Metziah. Rashi talks about it in detail. How it, because they had this relationship that the, that the Gemara in Avodah Daf Yud, talks about. That they had this relationship and this mutual respect for each other. And Antoninus came every day to learn with, with um, Rebbe in a tunnel. A whole story we can't go into it in Gemara in Avodazar Daf Yud Amud Aleph Yud And he served him. Antoninus served Rebbe. This was the 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 coming together of that nevuah that Rivka heard. Aim Yaakov Esav. She kept that promise in her mind. The brachas, no way can, can Esav get it. Yaakov had to get Akoyel Kol Yaakov, Yodayim Yudei Esav. Esav still has Yodayim Yudei Esav. There's still the hand of Esav. He's still in the game, something. But it had to be only Rivka who held on to the lineage of Esav and Yaakov. That was the brotherhood that was created by that mother, she kept them together and she knew when to use, how to use it. That's what this parsha is all about. Yaakov was now using and telling us how complicated the balance and how you have to daven and you have to worry. Vayiri Yaakov Mo'odi, you have to worry and, and pray and prepare yourself in all certain ways. It's difficult navigating in this world. When we have to go out to work among the Goyim, we have to live among the Goyim, and we have to listen to the rules of the government. It's very difficult. But she kept the Esav in the game. And even when, when, when she, when, when Esav realized that Yaakov took the brachas, that's when he said, twice, he acknowledged to Yitzchak for the first time that Yaakov took my firstborn. And now he tricked me again, and he screamed, and he, which kept alive in him his essence desire to be connected to, to Ruchnius through Rivka. Rivka orchestrated that. She got him to keep feeling that. And here again, when Yaakov is going back to Eretz Yisrael, he has to pass by, no way out. He has to fight with the angel of Esav, and that's why we have Gira Nasha, which the Sefer Achinuch says is a lesson of Emuna, and it's a lesson that the that the Toimchei Torah, as the Mefarshim talk about, the people who support Torah have to fight for their position to realize what's true in the world. And now, when he finally came to Esav, it says Esav ran to him, and he kissed him Vayishokehu, and he and there's dots on top of it. And Rashi says, why are there dots on top of it? Every time there's dots on top of a letter in the Sefer Torah, it means it's opposite from what we think. Vayishokeh would think that he kissed him. So there's Machlekes. Did he kiss him wholeheartedly? Or really he wanted to bite him and kill him? And his neck turned into, into, into marble, says the Medrash. He's, Esav is unpredictable. He's not dependable like Yaakov. And Yerifka knew that, but he had a spark and with the right inspiration, there will be glimmers of the power of both Yaakov and Esav working together. That's Behuda Nasi and Antoninus. She was again laying another brick to say that we need that moment. It's but a moment in history. But that moment, boy, did that moment in history save us. The Mishnah, Torah Peh, the Gemara, Sidre Hashas, everything lived on that moment. We needed Esav, but he had to be kept warm only through Aim Yaakov Esav. Rivka knew, because she had that Nevuah, it was something that Avram couldn't help him and Yitzchak couldn't help because it says Be Yitzchak, he's dislocated. 
but not through the mother, not through Rivka. And this is what, this come, brings us to 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 Hanukkah. I don't really have time to go into it, but you know, Hanukkah. The Gemara tells us in Megillah that um, that Hashem promises us in the Toichacha in Parshas um, Bechukaisai. It says Vaafgam Zois. It's true. You're going to be traveling through Golos. Beyosim beEretz Soivem. You're going to be in your enemy territory. Beeretz loy maastim. But don't worry. I'm never going to. You'll never be disgusting to me. Hashem says, I promise, I have a promise to you. Says the Gemara Megillah Daf Yud Aleph. You will not be disgusting to me in the times of the Kazdim that I'm going to give you Daniel, Hanani, Mishol, Vazariah, and you're going to have these Neviim that are going to stand up for what's right in the time of the Vuchadnezar. And you won't be ugly to me. Be may Yevonim in the times of the Greeks. That I'm going to give you Shimon Tzadik and the Chashmonoyim. The Chashmonoyim were very familiar. That's Hanukkah. That they stood up. Rabim Ba'atma'atim. They stood up just the 12 of the Chashmonoyim. They were just Kohanim, meek little Kohanim. They stood up against tens and tens of thousands of, of Greek Syrians, of the Yvonim. Who's Shimonat Tzadik? What did he have to do with anything? Shimonat Tzadik, so this is from Rebrev the Sefer, Lahoidai Sulahalil, page Yud Aleph. He has a whole, a whole thesis on this. I just want to borrow just his essence. He says, Shimonat Tzadik was, we know from the beginning of Pirkei Avaz, was Mishiyori Anshek Nesis Agdoilo. And, and he said, Hu hoya oimer. Beginning of Perky Office, everybody knows the very hard. Hu hoya al shloisha dvarim ha'ilam oimed. What did Shimonat Sadik said? Three things are the pillars of the world: ala Torah, v'ala voida, v'al gemilas chasadim. Hu hoya means that he. This was the, his mantra. This is what he taught the generation to remember. Obviously, because it's going to be challenged. Shimonat Sadik. He brings the, the Gemara in Yuma, Dafsam Tesamad Aleph. says a famous Gemara that Shimonat Tzadik, in the times of Alexander the Great, Alexander the Great was conquering the world, and the Yuvanim convinced him to go destroy the Beis Amigdash and to go destroy Eretz Yisrael. And he said, Yes, go. Shimonat Tzadik heard about this, either Benavuah, and he dressed in the, as a Kohen Gadol. He was the Kohen Gadol. And he went out, just with a few people, and he went out to greet Alexander the Great. Alexander sees him. This is a Gemara in Yuma. I'm not making this up. He meets him. Alexander sees him. It's, and the, Medrash, the Gemara is very clear. He, he went out at night. It came daybreak. Daybreak. Um... When the Amur Shah came daybreak, so Alexander sees that there are people coming against him. And he asked the Yavana, who are these people? He says, oh, these are the rebellious Jews that we told you about, that you signed that we can kill them. When they came to, the sun rose. This is all part of Chazal. The sun rose. He sees, Alexander sees Shimonat Tzadik, he gets off his horse and bows down to Shimonat Tzadik. The Greeks are like beside themselves. What? The great king? He says, you don't understand. This is the image of this man. This man. He's not a man. He's an angel. I see him every night before I go to battle. This is the reason I'm, I'm so successful. What, what, is, what, is, what is going on? So Rebrefta says... Shimon HaTzadik represented the most purest of, of emuna in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That there's a belief system that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world and there's Hashgacha Klolis and Hashgacha Pratis. We can't forget that. 
he embedded that into the Jewish people. There are three pillars. Always, in every single time of history, three pillars. There's nothing else. He implanted that into the, into the Jewish people as a constant mantra. Every year, you know, he, he said this. It, it made an impression, at least enough, that the Chashmonoyim were able to stand up and to fight what was for right, what's, what's true. His family, the, Chash, the Chashmonoyim Ubonov, the Kohanim, were able to stand up and fight for what's true. And they saved the day. The Jewish people were being lost through the, the, through the assimilation, through just becoming parv. Again, the camel, the pig, you know, just, um, why do you have to be, why do you have to daven so long? Why do you have to be so religious? Why do you have to wear your tzitzit so long? Why, why can't you just be normal? Why do you have to be so out there? God will understand. And this was infiltrating at the assimilation. And this is what brought, says the Gemara, the miracle of, of Hanukkah. The miracle of Hanukkah, we know, is eight days. Eight is one more than Teva, more than nature. If you want to live with nature, you have to know that there's a above nature. If you want to live within nature, says this is what the principle of, of, of uh, Shimon HaTzadik was, that comes from Yaakov Avinu in his battle with Esav. You have to know that there's only one thing that matters, and that's Ruchnius. Ruchnius drives everything. We have to interface with Gashmis. We have to interface, and therefore we, Yaakov Avinu, when he came to Esav, he told him, Yeshni Koil, you, you have to understand that there's a essence of what ev- drives everything in the world, Esav, my dear brother, my brother from the same mother, right? Right? And then Esav took it. What did he take? He took that I understand that. I am not in your world. That's true. But I understand it. I'm keeping alive what our mother taught us. And that's going to come out by Rebbe and Antoninus. That Antoninus is going to realize that and try to connect himself to Rabbi Yudah Anasi and to Torah and to allow Torah to flourish. And at the end he became a gear. The Gemara Navoidazar says. He circumcised himself and he became a gear. This is what why he said why at that point he says, Yeshli Koil, I have everything. It was Dafka at that point. Because he wanted to impress on Esav and to keep alive what his mother has always taught them. The mother kept alive by the brachas of Esav, by the brachas that Esav was taken away from Esav. And he cried and he screamed because he realized I, what I gave up, I lost. I, I know I'm not consistent. I can't live in that world. But I have, I have to have that kernel of appreciation in my role because I am eternally connected with Yaakov. Aim Yaakov Esav. That never ends. That's why there's this connection. And here we see... That, that Yaakov wanted to show Esav, hit imon oilam ha-me'ein oilam ha-bo in oilam hazeh. He wanted to show Esav, taste it a little, gig a little taste. All you taste, give me this red stuff. When, when Avram died, you could care less about your grandfather and your father. You're out of that picture. But our mother keeps us together. We're bound forever. Taste a little bit of Olam Haba. Open up him, take it. He took it. What did he take? He took a shtickle Olam Haba in Olam Hazeh. Those gifts was a piece of Olam Haba in Olam Hazeh. That's Hanukkah. So the famous question, Hanukkah, you know, why is Hanukkah eight days? It should be seven days because the miracle only was there was enough oil for one day. So the Me'iri, who asks the Kasha before the Beis Yosef, but Beis Yosef was Zeichab, 
obviously had a big schus that's called the Beis Yosef's question, and there's a whole book that has a thousand answers to this question. The Miri says because finding the pach, finding the 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 flask of oil was also a miracle. That's the nakuda of lemala menateva. It doesn't make sense. There were th- th- tens of thousands of Greeks trampling through the Beis Hamikdash. They're not going to find a flask of oil. They're not going to be metamit, as Toysa says in Shabbos, betumas heset, with trampling. That also is metama, something that's tohar. Not one. They didn't find it. They're looking for it. They're looking for everything holy. We have an akuda of lemalim and ateva. That makes the miracle. It's that one day that makes the other. That's why it's a miracle. It's a holiday of eight days. Because without that nakuda of lemalim and ateva, you cannot live in teva. Yaakov has to live with the realization there's a nakuda of lemalim and ateva. That's the Shimonat Tzadik that created the ability for the Chashmonoyim to do their miracle. Because he implanted There are three principles. And this, this, Hashem, this will, should give us a chizuk and, and then, this is the whole medrash. This is the flow of that medrash tanchuma that brings Dafkar Bihuda Nasi and Tantaninus in Parshas Vayishlach with the Malachim of Eretz Yisrael and Chutzlaretz that he sent. And the whole story, the Medrash says that the Malachim came to Esav and Esav uh, and or his people said, well, we're grandchildren of, of Avram, Yitzchak, didn't help them anything. Brother of Yaakov, that's why it helped. Because, and this is, it's all one, all one Medrash. This is the, this is the story because it was, it was that connection to Rivka, our holy Imois, that that gave us the, the ability to to she stuck to the the message that she was given way back when when she asked the when she went to hear what was going on that's what she that's what she heard okay have a good job how do we connect